What? Zara. Hey. The hair extraordinaire. <laughs> yes, I hey girl. Hey. And then we got Sienna. Hi. Woo! And then we got Tina. Yo, what's up? What's up? Yes, I'm super, 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 <clears throat> super ecstatic. Um, I'm super keen about today because our theme is roots. So we're going to be talking about hair, makeup, culture. We're just going to dig deep. And at the end of it, hopefully to empower whoever's listening. Um, but before we go straight into it, I'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians on of the land on which we meet today, the peoples of the Kulin Nation. I also pay my respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging. How amazing. All right. So tell me, guys, how are you? Great. Tell me. Let's go around. How are you, Tino? Tell I've, us. I've been good. I lost my voice a little bit. So oh, where did you go? Oh, uh, man, I went to Musa Keys. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, if you know what Musa Keys is, I'm a piano. I'm a piano music. Yeah. One sick. of the best ones in, uh, in, we well, love in the industry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Freak yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. We man. love it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. This is shit. It looks so lit though. Yeah, yeah I saw everyone. Crazy. I was like, oh, I wish I knew how to dance like you South Africans. I really wish I could. Yeah. yeah, but how long was the, um, what do you call it? The event for? How long did it go for? Oh, well, I was there from like 11. Like, I just go there late. You know, I just go for the show. And then, and then I, you know, it. do my thing and I get out, so... Yeah. But, like, it was just a vibe. It was he got, he had was good there. stage Yeah, presence. he killed it. He killed it. I wish I went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell us about you, gal. How's, um, how's your week I'm been? good. I mean, my week's basically just started. Um, I yeah. had a really slow start to the week. And then, I don't know, very routine at the moment. Just working. Yeah. Working, working, working. Making yeah. that money. Making that moolah. Yeah, money. Um... <laughs> And then, yeah, just enjoying the sunshine that we've been blessed with the last few days after right. like two weeks of really shitty, shat weather. Yeah. So, right. yeah. It's terrible. It's so yeah. bad. It's, it's yeah. not good for my skin. I'm not meant to be here. No. <laughs> <laughs> my, my ethnic skin is not meant to be in this climate. I'm convinced. You want melanin. Yeah. Yeah. We need some dose of serotonin because, hui. Yeah, it's been making it's me suffering. Sad. Yeah, suffering. it's tough. And how about you, Zara? Um, my week's been good. I feel like I'm the opposite to you. I feel like I'm like trying to establish a routine. So yeah. I think this week's been like so far of like just trying to like you know mm. stay on top of things before yeah. it gets to like Friday. Know. I'm this like, oh my god. Yeah, it's so. like the start of my getting yeah. into the routine for the last like five months. It's been like, what the fuck is going on? And now it's like chill yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. a huge yeah. procrastinator so mm. I just think so last minute it's oh, so dumb. easy to oh. procrastinate though I hate it I hate it but I, I have to be good I'm gonna get there yeah you will you baby steps me. baby yeah, steps yeah. 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 Steps. Yeah. 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 gotta take large steps now I'm too old I'm allergic to that word but let I wanted you guys to introduce yourself to the audience so I want you guys to boast. I'll start off with myself. So okay, let's, go. let's do it. <laughs> let's go. They call me Miss Nene, DJ, radio host, black and beautiful woman, and I'm a talented bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me. Come on, you guys. Come on, Tino. Give us something. Give us something. Yo, yo. Come on. Damn, um, I don't know, man. Give us That's both. Both. Tell us. Nah, nah. I just go by Tino, but like I DJ. I go by 44. Yeah, um, that's fresh. I do events, uh, photography, videography. Yeah. I'm a graphic designer, industrial designer by trade. Um, and you're good at it. I just live life to the best in the fullest I can. Amen. Yeah. Love yeah. it. We love it. it. Love it. Yeah, yourself. Me, Siana. Well, they called me a triple threat as a kid because wow, I was one of those yeah. theater yeah. kids that was like really loud and in your face. It was like, eh, I'm going to be on Broadway. That didn't happen, <laughs> obviously, but like in my mind it did, so it's fine. Um, now I'm a psychology student and like working in a clinic and everything. I'm an educated little bitch. I, oh, I'm a reader. I'm a reader. I'm a just like yes. soak up all that stimulus around me, yeah. like a sponge. It's great. I love it. And you do modeling. Oh yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> just forgot about that one. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that one. Hey. Um. Yeah. I do. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I model. I've been modeling for like three years. It's been really fun. I love it's it. It's a very interesting industry. Yeah. Um, it's not a forever thing, but it's been very interesting wow. to be a part mm. of. Mostly fun, but lots of like very interesting aspects to it for sure. We're going to unpack on that. Right? 100%. 100%. Yeah, we're going to unpack on that. 
and Miss Sarah. Yeah. Tell us. Boast about yourself. Oh my god. I'm not good at doing that. No, I'm you, not. You I'm have like, to oh, come on. Make it to you, make it. Do it. Yeah, I know, right? Um, yeah, Sarah is our G. Yeah, I know. What do I do? I run uh, an, a primarily digital based platform called Embrace Your Physique, all mm, about empowering it. and educating people on how to look after their curly and afro hair. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm all over the place. I'm in theatre on the weekends and I'm social a social media coordinator so love all things it. content amazing. digital marketing and yeah stuff. amazing nice. we've got a bunch of creatives here yeah mm-hmm. i love it which would be so cool because we mm. can unpack about everything mm-hmm. but the first thing i want to unpack let's talk about hair yeah let's talk about hair my hair journey has been so rough yeah. it's been so confusing and I still don't understand it, if I'm being completely honest. I'm with you there. I've shaved my hair. I've used every product under the sun. I've even relaxed it. Mm. And it's been so difficult. I don't understand my hair. I'm like, what is 4C hair? Who decided to <laughs> call 4C hair 4C hair? Yeah. And then there are like curl people who, quotation marks, yeah. specialize in curls but still don't understand my hair. So mm. I can't help but negatively connotate 4C hair, mm. you know? And so I was just like, tell me about your hair journey. How's that been for you? And, it's, you know, especially you, Tina, as a black man. Mm. How's that been? How mm. have you guys navigated, especially in Australia, a very Eurocentric Definitely. place? Who tell wants me. to start? Yeah. Who wants to start? Who's, who's eager? Wait, I'm going to have to ask you what the question was. <laughs> so how, how, no, yeah, there's a lot to mm. say about this. How have you navigated, how, how has mm. it been navigating within Australia and finding out you? Uh, like, how do you yeah, understand? Yeah. You get me. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. It's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah. I think for me growing up, um, yeah, I didn't really have much of a con- like context of curly natural hair and what that meant and I think it wasn't until I mean like most of my childhood I was relaxing my hair not because my mum didn't like it my mum's Italian for context um oh my god same oh true yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, yeah, not because she didn't like it it was just that it was hard to manage like Mm. the curly hair movement and all that wasn't established especially in Australian context so I was just doing whatever was easiest whatever gave me like the best result the quickest way Mm. um and yeah, it wasn't until like late teens where I started to like actually question like, why am I doing this? Like, what's the reasoning? And then when I really unpacked it, I was like, I think a big part of that was like comfortability, like just mm. doing it because I was comfortable, I was young and what was trending or like big role models and stuff, had straight hair. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I got to a point where I was just like, no, nah, I'm going to give up the relaxer and just go natural. But I had no idea what that meant. It just meant to me like growing back my hair, going back to where I was. Mm. Um, when was but that? Yeah, that was, oh, that was like 20, 2012. Wow. Yeah, because it took a few mm. years and that's, and then 2015 I established EYF. Um, but yeah, it was a hard journey. Yeah. Like there was a lot to it. It was like really deeply rooted. Um, yeah, so many beauty standards that I had no idea were there until I really unpacked it and just really relearning like who I was or, yeah, as a, as a young black woman in Australia. Yeah. So. Yeah, hard. Mm. Yeah. yeah, tough. And with like, you mentioned connotations just before. When mm. you were growing up, did you... I mean, did a lot of your peers kind of like negatively refer to hair as like frizzy? It's like, I don't want my hair to look frizzy mm-hmm. or I don't want to look like buffy or like whatever the word was. Oh, yeah. I feel like that had such a huge part for me personally wanting to have my hair mm. when I was a lot younger, especially like straight and like easy to work with. And like I can just like put it up in a ponytail if it's straight and whatever. Yeah. But if it's not that, it's like not attractive, I guess. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Definitely. How about yeah, you? That's yourself? a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, same for me. Like growing up, I didn't really realize hair was that important because mm. you know, being niggas being African, you just shave <laughs> that shit left and right, and like, yeah, it looks good. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like where I grew up from, I remember like going to the barber shop, and the barber shop was like this guy with a blade, and he would just go shave your hair like that. You know what I mean? So I grew up like being used to hair like that. Yeah. And then coming to Australia, because everybody's different, mm-hmm. I started to realize, yo, there's different hairstyles that people are like rocking around here. Mm-hmm. But like being black was always like, there's certain black hairstyles for yeah. black males. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But now I feel like everybody's just kind of like going all over the place with it. Like 
guys are like coloring their hair, they're dyeing their hair, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's good that we've got like that movement happening now. Totally. But it was never a thing besides all we used to have was just like you shave your hair and you get like lines, you know? Mm. And that's dope, <laughs> that's all you need. Mm. But like, but, yeah, yeah. now we're growing that shit up. So, I love it. yeah. I love it. And do you ever remember like the big posters, like at barbershops and stuff with like, the, yeah. like hundreds of hairstyles? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. I want 26 yeah. or 25. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Funny is like not funny, um, but like <laughs> <laughs> you gotta laugh, you gotta laugh. Um, but like, I think why it's we've like connotated like frizzy, rough, coarse as so negative is because we've never had someone familiar other than you know, of course, we have our parents, but they themselves like were in an era where they weren't taught much about their own hair textures. We went mm-hmm. to oil it up and was it really, you know, who said we need to oil our hair? Who, how did this come mm-hmm. about, you know? See, like, I didn't even get that because mm. my mum's Italian and she married a um, Greek guy when I was, like, five or six. Yeah. And, like, for the rest of my life from that point, it was just, like, those two. And so, like, they're my parents in that sense. But so my, I never grew up with my african side like ever i only recently reconnected with them so like i literally never got any attention in terms of like my heritage Mm. like on that side of my culture and like how that affects like my skin my hair my diet all that stuff i never got any of that so like my journey to getting like my hair the way it is now was like completely done on its own where it was like i'm just gonna fuck it and just like go for it because like no one else is fucking telling me to do it so it was just like i'm gonna have to do it myself yeah, yeah it was it wild. Been going to like different hairdressers and I got super lucky with yeah. my hairdresser. Oh, like before I met him, it was the same one at the same shop, and she would always like straighten, like wet it, and then like blow it out and then cut the hair so it was like straight and then would cut it so it would like look really good straight but it would look absolutely horrific when it was like textured in any other way Mm. because it just wasn't cut the way curly hair needs to be cut right Mm. um but then I got lucky with my current hairdresser who I actually met on a shoot that I had and he was like I can cut your hair like I can cut curly hair because we were washing it it was actually crazy we were doing this shoot where like he put hair glue in my hair with like um, you know when you do like the finger waves um, yeah. he had like extensions of that in finger waves but they were like painted gold and we had like stuck them all over my head essentially and then we like were taking it out and he was like looking at my hair texture and he was like because um, I was talking about my hair and I was like my hair's actually super curly like I want to get it cut properly so I can just like have it curly like all the time mm-hmm. instead of like having to constantly put heat on it and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then he was like it's fine like I'll do it came into the shop maybe like a week or two later and like cut my hair and it's been like that like ever since so that's probably been like three years of that Wow. so it's still like kind of recent in that sense but like yeah it's very much so like I got very lucky in that sense yeah that is so lucky Mm. yeah I remember I want to hear one of your experiences actually like I had an experience where I went to uh, I don't know if their name is this I'm probably outing them but (laughs) they deserve it um I went (laughs) (laughs) yeah they 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 made me mad (laughs) um but I I went to they said they specialize in curls their name on the front of their building says curls these people (laughs) (laughs) I went there with my my white friend who has curly hair mm. um, and I was like oh fuck yeah this will be sick finally a place that can cut my hair I've got curls too I entered the shop homegirl's getting her hair cut then I asked the guy oh so how much is it to cut like my hair type mm. and then he's like to me oh you've got 4C hair we don't really like cause it's really rough cause it's really coarse Cause it's really this, cause it's really that, and it's also negative, negative. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. heard these words all before, but then yeah. to hear it from a hairdresser, for someone who specialises in hair, I can't help but be like, wow, what the fuck? Okay, so I have the worst hair, mm. and so that's all I've ever thought. And so he's telling me I went to New York and um, they taught me about Afro hair, this and that. I was like, don't, don't give me a. Like an essay. Just, just I forgot the part. <laughs> I forgot the part where I asked. <laughs> yeah, I didn't ask for an essay, and so I 
he, at, all in all, he concluded he said he can't do it because my hair is too rough and it's just not the type of hair that they do. And then I was just so angry. I didn't say anything because there were other pe- women in the mm. store as well, other people. Um, and so I just sat down and watched Homegirl get her curls cut. Can no, you believe that? Bananas, yeah, How crazy bad. is that? Bananas, and be, honestly, because of that, I've been like, oh, damn, who will know my hair if this hairdresser doesn't understand my hair? Mm-hmm. So it's been tough. So I wanted to know, do you guys, have you been in any situations like that? or experience stuff like that? I think, um, like, what's crazy, like, I went to, I finished hairdressing school, like, maybe, like, four years back. Mm. And that's, like, fairly recent. Mm. And there was not one mention of curly hair. I think there's some yes. courses that, like, may have a tiny bit. Yeah. But, it like, I when I talk to people and, like, these conversations are always happening, especially in the hairdressing space, it's, like, when hairdressing isn't taught at, like, an institutional-based level, like, curly hairdressing, the only thing that happens after that is that these hairdressers don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so people go into these salons and they're like, they, I mean, like, yeah, as a client, you get upset because the hairdresser doesn't know how to do, like, your hair. But it's, like, so much deeper than that. Yeah. And it's, like, until, like, black hair, like, Afro hair is a dress in, like, schools. And, and there's so many people who are advocating for it. Like, shout out Chrissy Zamura and so many people who are really pushing to get all of this, all of this stuff mm. in the space. Um yeah it's going to be a continuous cycle and it's it's sad like i've heard like i've got clients who tell me like the wildest of stuff but i'm yeah. like how does someone even like say that and it's crazy and i think like a big part of like what like embrace advocates for especially is like i mean the hair typing chart is actually a made up concept yeah so the person who did it fun fact actually was um they were making their own products and i'm pretty sure i like i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure it was um oprah winfrey's personal stylist I heard some who, yeah who there. created this hair type line so the actual concept of 4c hair isn't a thing it's just tight curly hair mm. but it's this thing that the tighter your curls are the harder they are and it's like really deeply rooted in like colorism and there's like a whole bunch of stuff but yeah it's like real deep rooted issue yeah yeah, yeah 100% yeah. like even just piggybacking off what you mentioned at the beginning is like it's not taught at the institutions like I cop that so much in modeling because like we would have a like hair and makeup artist or just the hairstylist and then the makeup artist half the time the make the hair artist like the hairstylist does not know what to do with my hair mm. and my hair is like not super super afro it's like a mixture of a lot of different curl types so it's not i want to say this in heavy quotation what's hard the way that they say that it is mm. But, like, they're, like, I'll just do it yourself, like, before you get there. And it's, like, Mm. you know, that takes, like, an hour for me to do, like, fresh. Because they want your hair to be freshly washed and freshly done. Like, that's, like, an extra hour or so on top of me getting ready and getting to the studio, which is sometimes, like, an hour away from where I am. So it's, like, two extra hours Mm. where you are there paid to do hair that day but I have to do it because it's too hard for you to do but I'm not getting paid for my time to do my own hair for the job that you want me to do so it's like it's so fucking annoying because it's like it's not hard to do it's really not hard to and they're not even like changing my hair dramatically they're not like Mm. relaxing it or flattening it or anything like that they just like want it to be curly and it's like why don't you just like spritz some water on it and then just put the curl cream in it, use your fingers. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's Why really. Why don't you yeah. put it in the course where they need to learn all this shit mm. so you don't have. You know, it's so annoying. It's, it's so, so frustrating because it's like, it's my time. That's mm. my time. I'm like up at 4, 5 a.m. sometimes, like doing my hair. That's hectic. And then they want me to work till like 3, 4, 5 p.m. It's like, that's a huge yeah. day for me. Yeah. And it makes you just like, I, yeah, I feel like I've been on sets where that happens, where there's yeah. other stylists that are like, oh like they look hesitant or they don't know what to do and it's so like i get secondhand embarrassed when i'm like oh just take over it's fine like Mm. but you see how much of a divide that creates for especially like young black girls that go onto these sets Mm. and they're already the foundation shades aren't matching the the stockings and the undergarments aren't matching the skin tone and then they've got the hair and then it's like all these things that really like create these like i mean they're they're all i guess like microaggressions they're it's it's deeply rooted in like in racism because you're like yeah why isn't why aren't i being catered to the same way as a girl or guy next to me Mm. and it's like further segregation and people don't i think so many makeup artists and hairstylists don't actually realize how harmful that is yeah and like being in that space and just being like oh i've only got this that caters to this person but yeah it's It's it's, like negligence at that point it's like negligence ignorance it's like a lack of care or just like lack of effort to even like begin 
to mm. try to learn about our skin colors and the undertones and how they change and our hair types and how they change in different weather conditions and all of that stuff like it's not actually hard information to learn and it's definitely not hard to access anymore yeah. mm. i mean we have fucking google for fuck's sake like there are so many resources <laughs> yeah, for yeah. us like for people to go and find everything that mm. they need to know it's like and which is why it's so Frustrating. frustrating like mm. it's a little extra yeah. cherry of shit on top because it's like you have no excuse to not do the extra work mm. yeah it's lazy yeah it's no, so lazy. Say, it's it's lazy. <laughs> and you see it at like yeah. at like runway shows and fashion oh. weeks and like the thing that like is actually my pet peeve i'm like Mm, but it's like when these models walk out like they'll have walk out with like a huge fro or they walk out with like the most exaggerated style and it's like i get like a lot of the, like a conversation that i hear i'm like i think they're what they try and do is like disguise that with like creativity mm. but i'm like that's lazy to me because yeah, yeah. afro hair mm. and curly hair is so beautiful there's mm. so many styles that you can do and just doing that one big look it's like yeah that's cool and all like you can you can embrace that but that's not the only look but people yeah. be like no it's creative it's big it's bold but it's like it's lazy because yeah. you can do a hundred other things with that hairstyle mm-hmm. it's so, so true I though that, i mean i, mean, I have yeah. never had any other hairstyle except for what i have which is like amazing i love my hair it's like less effort for me to deal with afterwards however Ooh. it does very much so fit the quota it like hits the color quota of what mm. they want on that day 100%. i have a hundred percent been hired for jobs where they just want like someone who is ethnic and because i'm like ambiguously ethnic it's not offensive because it's like well she's not super ethnic she's not super african so you know that might not offend our like really white audience or anything it's oh, like I she's like <laughs> she's like somewhere in the middle so they'll have like a super white aryan looking person and then they'll have like me in the middle and then like a like a very very dark person and like that's the scope of the what's like inclusion of mm. races it's like there are so tick, many tick, 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 it's yeah, like yeah, you, there everyone. are so many more people in between that it's like also like different races as yeah. well like super tokenistic yeah like, it's just absolutely like doing it so they can just go okay we've done it yeah mm-hmm. absolutely i know for a fact i have been only hired for that reason and it's yeah. like yeah cool you're paying me like a couple grand whatever but like still you could be a little bit more sensitive about mm. this because like I'm still here and I'm still like experiencing the trauma that comes with that but also representing the trauma for people who might be viewing it too Absolutely. Mm. it's like don't further perpetuate that just because you were too lazy to do it properly yeah how about you Tino no I was saying the same thing mm. I mean like as a photographer it's almost the same thing i see sometimes mm-hmm. when you take photos for someone or um photos are taken for you and the way they edit them they edit them in a certain way it's like mm-hmm. you don't understand skin tone so like i have a friend like one of my friends Ruben, he's killing it right now yeah. and i remember he used to send me photos and be like he's like you know he's sudanese so he's mm-hmm. dark skin and they would make him like either like dark purple i'm like bro like what, what? <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. but yeah it's the same thing it's just like people have a lack of knowledge mm. so when you have a lack of knowledge you don't know how to approach certain situations mm. and they think that to approach the situation you have to do it in a way that they've seen and it's been happening systematically mm. so which is like you edit a photo like this and you present hair like this so that's how they present it which doesn't work the best way but i feel like all it is is just like if people start educating themselves in terms of like how to take care of black hair and how to edit photos that are black people and how to approach black people then these problems don't exist like in a sense of that uh-huh. way it's you just I mean? so frustrating yeah. having to say that like how, how you sh- people should know how to edit people who are darker than them how yeah. to, it's such a frustrating conversation and that's why you can't help but be that angry black man or woman. Yeah, it's so annoying because mm. this is all you constantly hear. But it's like this should be part of the norm. Like yeah. we're mm. with you. We walk the same sidewalk yeah. with you. We, you know. So it's super frustrating. That whole narrative of like angry black man or woman. It's like okay, but we're angry for a reason. Absolutely. We're not just like walking around screaming at everything all the time just for the fuck of it. Like <laughs> everything that we're trying to tell you is like stuff that has been begged and asked for for so long like it's not like a new issue yeah this has been a conversation for like centuries at this Mm. point it's like at this point come on like why am i still repeating this to you yeah yeah and it's it's hard to learn because i have friends 
I have a friend who is a, a French hairdresser, mm-hmm. um, and he went to Cameroon to learn how to do hairdressing on black hair. Are we talking about Enzo? Enzo, yeah, and he's amazing. Enzo, please yeah. tell <laughs> him. Shout yeah. out Enzo. So you yes. can learn this stuff. Like, there's no need for you to be like, oh no, like people leave their countries yeah. to go learn in other countries, you know? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. there. And you got YouTube, like you said, and Google, yeah. you know? Like, type in some shit, bro. Yeah. It'll come up. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's also why, like, I mean, for me, I think I got tired of having to repeat myself. So mm. I was like, you know what? Instead of like, mm trying to find a hairdresser trying to find products why don't i just do it yeah. and i think a mm. lot like what i've seen now especially like the past five years is so many young black people brown people mm. have been taking that leap of just being like you know what if y'all can't do it mm. i'll do it yeah. like photographers videographers djs yeah. hairstylists makeup artists fashion designers, like the list goes on mm. and it's like sometimes you have to like instead of like yeah i mean there's there's degrees to it but instead of fighting for it just do it absolutely yeah. Great, your and that's where yeah, the whole um, black owned business thing comes out mm. yeah because yeah. a lot of yeah. people see black owned businesses like an offensive like oh black people like just doing things for themselves it's like no we're doing things so that you guys understand that mm. this is what we want to be seen as absolutely. is what's important for us you know? and then you see when you start doing it mm. they start doing it like yeah, rihanna for example yeah. suffocating for all skin types oh my mm. god these brands are like black people exist not everyone has a pink <laughs> undertone <laughs> that's, crazy. Oh, that's crazy bro there's <laughs> curly hair what? <laughs> really got to wake up and it's like yeah people start seeing that yeah black brown people exist so let's let's try and cater for them but at that point you're like you know what's tokenistic and what's not absolutely yeah. and you know when they're just doing it to do it so yeah. i think that's the other thing is that when black people do shit is dope yeah you yeah. know what i mean so when they see it and it's like oh that's dope they're like okay we want to do that too mm-hmm. but that shouldn't be how we should be the approach should be like oh they want to be included mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's what's important from the beginning yeah from the beginning in the beginning in the beginning <laughs> but we all what i love is you each of you have work in your own creative field and how has it been like for example zara you're doing embrace your physique so how's it been like with the african community has it been hard involving them has it been interesting especially navigating in australia um yeah i think i always bring it back to like the australian context i think like definitely in the beginning it was hard because you're like young person don't really know what you're doing you just have this passion and this fire to like change something that you have been like that you've that you have seen has been wrong for so long Mm -hmm. um but I think like community is always down to support. Like yeah. black people in Australia, I think it's yeah, it's been amazing. The, like the relationships I've built, the friendships, the family that's come from it. I think mm-hmm. yeah, when you have an idea and you're passionate about helping community, I think yeah, people are generally always down to support. But of course, in saying that, you can't make everyone happy. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be times where like you do the wrong thing, and it's some, like you may have the purest of intentions, mm-hmm. but can't make everyone happy and I think that's a big lesson that I've had to learn as well it's like so long as you do it with like the right intentions you're doing it for the reasons that you want to do it then Mm. I think that's the most important thing because yeah not everyone's gonna be happy and I think it's just also managing that like what if someone's not happy instead of just being like oh no like I'm right I'm right just being like reflective about it like Mm. okay what did I do wrong what came across the wrong way or yeah just like asking yourself those questions before like I see that happen like quite a bit people just like jump out and do that but I think mm. yeah self-reflection is important and I've learned that a lot mm-hmm. yeah. yeah what about yourself Tino like yeah in, I mean you are in I don't know how many <laughs> multi-talented yeah. too much I th- um man it's it's scary yeah. for me it's scary because I grew up like so I grew up in the southeast and I grew up in like a Christian like mm. um household mm. I went to like this um private school which is like pretty much like I was the first black person there. I feel you know? that. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a, it's like I've, I've grown up in like that different vibe, but mm-hmm. like over time just learning about my culture, my roots, and I learned a lot, of, a lot more. Um, I think it's, I think black people want to evolve, but we also have um, certain things that I've realized like working like community um, in terms of music. Um, so I used to, I know Nene, you went through this, like where yeah. I used to DJ Afro music and Afro beats and dance hall. And I transitioned to like um, house music, and a lot of black people were a bit more like, oh, "No, we don't want to, we don't want to touch house music because yeah. that's white." But it's like, now nah, if you actually understand where house music started from, that was black people. No, yeah. So 
working yeah. with me, yeah, with black people, <laughs> it's it's a lot of like removing ideas of what they think so things are. Yeah. yeah, and then introducing them like, nah, bro, we made this shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> our ass is on drums. Right? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That was us. Yeah. Put, put, put on drums. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it was just dope. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Sienna? Um, what was the question again? Lol. <laughs> Even I've forgotten. Um, how has it been like navigating and like as as, as uh, a model? Yeah, yeah. Look, I work with a lot of white people all the time. Mm. Like it's often a lot of. I think my industry is very non-ethnic dominated. To f- be quite honest with you, a lot of the people up the top aren't black ethnic in any sense of the word. I don't often work with a lot of people of color unless they're fellow models, maybe makeup artists here and there. Mm. I just think that the opportunities that have been given throughout the industry's history has been predominantly white people, Mm. as you see in probably like a lot of different fields over time as well. Um, So like there are some days where I'll come onto a set and there'll be like, you know, a couple like people of color there and I'll be like, okay, today's probably going to be a good day Mm. because like, I don't know, I can like relate to someone and have someone relate to me or just like generally I can tell if whoever's organizing it is white, but is also like hiring people of color as well. They probably have a better understanding of that scope and that sphere of things. But if I, you know, walk into a set and it's like every single person is like white Australian, like Anglo-Saxon, it's like, not necessarily a bad day, but like I do feel very othered mm. for a lot of the day too. Yeah. And that's where like it comes into like, I don't know how to do your hair properly. And like, or just like almost fetishizing me on my hair as well. Just yeah. like my nationality, like, oh, where, like, where do you come from? Which is like, I was mm. born in Melbourne. Like I've <laughs> lived here my whole life. Mm. Um, and just like, yeah, just like really going over the top. And it's like, it's weird because I'm in an industry where like beauty is obviously very celebrated. So it's like, are you being just like really overly nice about like my, like how attractive you find me, whatever, or is it something a little bit more sinister potentially? Mm. Is it got to do with the fact that I'm not white? Cause I've copped that my whole life, like my whole life. And I'm sure like everyone in this room has as well, like with fetishization of like, where do you come from? And like, um, like I wish I was more interesting and stuff like that. It's mm. like <laughs> I was more exotic. Yeah, it's like yeah. I, I've been I'm called exotic <laughs> since I was like in primary school, which is like weird on a lot of levels. Mm. Like that's a very strange thing to say to a child in yeah. general. Yeah. But like, you know, my white friends weren't getting that, and I've had people be like, "Oh, you know, you're so exotic." Like I wish I was more exotic and interesting like you. It's like what the fuck does yeah, that mean? That. <laughs> what does mean uh, I exotic was like from an island or something you know like yeah, yeah, fruits. yeah like some yeah. fruits so I was Table. like nah bro I'm from Africa like are you trying to eat me like what's going on <laughs> it's too much, yeah. it's, too much. And it's so weird it's so weird like look for the most part my experience in the industry has been pretty positive mm. like I think comparatively to some people in it it's been pretty good because I've heard some horror stories but um yeah I definitely notice that there is a difference between me in the industry and white people in the industry yeah mm. i think you can say that anywhere yeah. yeah i mean it's pretty obvious in the music scene as well mm. like i mean i've seen white people get more and like get you know uh what am i trying to say they just get what's the word just like succeed yeah succeed. Like, they, yeah. yeah they succeed or they know the right people and it just goes there but when you're of color you can notice this people don't understand it but you can you can see when someone doesn't like you you can recognize when someone's like having the ugh for you mm. and having to like change your mannerism change the way you talk you walk just to get somewhere it's so frustrating mm-hmm. when i'm like this mm. is me yeah, yeah. Mm. and yeah. i look at you out here playing hip-hop but <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation all <laughs> 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 right so it's super super annoying mm. i did have a question mm. for you zara and sienna mm. so you yes. both are half you're half half. So mm. you're you're half 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 Italian, half Italian. half Italian and South African. African. South African. South, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, sorry. 
Ghanaian. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So half yeah. Italian and Ghanaian. Yeah. How has it been when you are in certain, let's say, a very um, environment where it's a lot of white people and an environment where there's a lot of black people talking about yourself how like do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like we had this conversation at when we went to her yeah, last week yeah and i was like oh yeah i've never heard that perspective like do you mind if you go yeah to yeah for sure like i feel like it was in a j cole or a kendrick song or something but it's like too white for the black kids and too black for the white kids essentially like i have been very ambiguous my whole life and like to me i'm not but to other people it is very much so that mm. um which comes with its pros and cons obviously like I have definitely benefited from white privilege in the sense that because I'm ambiguous no one knows where to place me so they don't know how to bring me down in a racist sense I suppose but Mm. then also because I'm not white a lot of microaggressions take place as well because it's like I don't know where you're from but I know that I don't like it because it's not from Mm. here Mm. so like and you know just like comments like oh where's your accent from and it's like what accent like where people like hear what they really want to hear because they like think that you're from somewhere but like they haven't actually asked you Mm. where that's from but I guess like in the sense of like because I grew up in a very very white environment with like within my family unit but with also within like where I grew up in Melbourne I grew up like in a in an east suburbs like yeah. Hawthorne, Camberwell, all that sort of stuff. So it's incredibly white around there. Mm. Had a great time there, but it's like not very exposed to different cultures mm. the way that you are in different parts of the city. Um, and so like I really had to like learn a lot of stuff about myself on my own. So it took a really long time to like fully encapsulate and accept like that part of me because it was so buried within my family for whatever reason it was just very buried and like no one ever really spoke about it no one ever really like enlightened me about like that part of my family and I never had the opportunity to talk to them directly about it so it was very like for a lot of my life in my head I thought that I was more white than I was and so I think that's shaped a lot of who I am at that time but like breaking away from that it's like no that's like not what it is Mm -hmm. and like it's a really like liberating feeling to like break away from that and be like no let's not continue to bury this like we've done for you know history time and time again let's like accept it and like go fully into it um because like i have every right to do that every person of color Mm -hmm. has a right to do that they should do that um but it's um one thing i found really challenging for myself personally is like in white spaces, I feel very responsible to educate non-people of colour about people of colour. And for the mo- most of the time, I'm happy to do it because I am a very like social justice-oriented person and I'm very outspoken and I don't care popping off and telling people like what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not my job and I know that it's not my job. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in more like black spaces, I... I'm very cautious of how much I talk because I don't want to be taking away the time and voice from people who have had different life experiences than me because they are darker. Mm. Um, Because I know that they probably haven't benefited from white privilege the way that I have. Mm. So it's this really weird, like I'm in like a very like tightrope situation where I like I'm trying to balance on the line and not dip too much on either side. I mean, it's not like the worst thing if it happens, but it's just like this like constant consciousness of trying to do the right thing all the time, given like what my specific experience is as a person, the way that I look, the way that I talk, where I grew up, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, that's my little spiel. I feel a lot on like... It's a lot. It's good, it's good. About the tightrope thing. Yeah. Like I feel that a lot. Mm, Yeah, yeah. like trying to place yourself, like kind of like trying to be that person that's like you know you respect both spaces and Mm. like where you are and like being super conscious of that i think that was me for a big amount of time and i think i eventually got to a space of just being like i think it it can be very like mentally taxing as well when you're constantly in that space of like i don't want to offend you and i don't want to take up too much space and i don't want to do this i don't want to do that and i think yeah i got to the space of just being like I am me and that's all that I can be yeah and I think especially when I work my I think my hair journey was like a big part of kind of rediscovering my blackness um and yeah I got to a space of just being like comfortable in my skin and I think I always bring it back to like the Australian context of like my early 
yeah, racist experience when I was like from, yeah, probably like five or six. Like I remember those vividly. Yeah. But I think that really shaped my experience of just being like, because I know like I speak to other mixed people and they're like, oh yeah, I identify as mixed, but I've met very few identify as black. And I think mm. me, I've always just identified as black because the context of Australia, my experiences and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it just gets to, a, yeah, you get to a space eventually where you're like, I can only be me. And if that means I'm black, I'm mixed or whatever, you just own that. Yeah. And you yeah. be that person who just like, yeah, I think, yeah, take up space to a degree, but yeah, just not holding that mental pressure of like, I have to be yeah. the certain way. I guess or I have like, to act yeah, that like letting way. go of categorization yeah, in definitely. a sense, because it is so limiting. Yeah. And like, it is a cause of a lot of issues as well. Like sticking to these really rigid rules of like where you belong, I suppose, where it's yeah. like half the time that stuff doesn't really matter if you really break it down and like once you let go of those like mental Mm. you know boxes that we put ourselves in it's so much more liberating just be like i just exist as a person (laughs) that's it and i think yeah so long as you also have good intentions like if you're fuck it like yeah. English, and you're just yeah. like doing like fucked up shit fucked you're up like shit. yeah maybe you gotta yeah. be in a category yeah. but yeah. as well if you have good intentions yeah. you can just exist and be like I respect everyone in here yeah. and I understand people's experiences are different mm. but that doesn't limitate or like minimize mine yeah mm. 100% yeah. Yeah. 100% absolutely yeah I even I was just thinking I was like oh um, I remember it was tough like because all I've ever gone to was um, predominantly white schools Mm. and then the next school I went to was just very all Asian and um and Indians and then I was there was probably like two or three black girls um and I just remember just like oh my god like okay I'm in a space where no one understands what it's like to be black how do I what do I I was just so confused because at home that doesn't ever get taught like like it's just never something we talk about and I remember there was this one kid that guy that came up to me um and he was going to a Kendrick concert if he hears this (laughs) yellow (laughs) 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 but he's like I'm going to a Kendrick concert he's like can I say the word nigger and then I've just never been put on the spot I was like fuck there's no other black person here how do I do this oh my god I don't know what to do I was like is he saying it in his lyrics he's like yeah I was like well um um I don't know and you know it's it sucks when you're like a like yeah. you're so you just like you're a small little girl in high school and you're yeah. just like fuck there's no like other black person to talk about this yeah, with. yeah yeah and I wanted to ask you Tino because you said you went to an also predominantly white high school mm. how was that for you how was your experience there oh man I mean definitely had those yeah, conversations right. with people and I just look at them like bro are you, are you dumb no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's the, the fact that you have to ask that kind mm. of question shows that you want to say it yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. not in the context of like, cause it's music. Mm, and yeah, I feel you just like, say it. yeah, you just want to say it. Because um, yeah. I, I think it's okay. Like sometimes it's even like, if, for example, if your parents are in a room and you're playing rap music and he's swearing, saying this, this, and that, you ain't gonna play that stuff in front of your parents. You know mm. what I mean? Like, mm. then why can't you have the same respect for me mm. that Absolutely. you have yeah. for your parents? You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. I think it's very clear when people ask those questions. But um, yeah, growing like in the in the, in a white school. For me, it was fun, man. Like, I have fun because it was like I was, I, I grew up in like this kind of um, what's called a uh, category or routine, mm-hmm. as you were saying before. Um, off like I go to school, mm-hmm. I hang out with my friends, yeah. and I go to church. And it's like, like my Saturdays and my Sundays where, where I hanged out with like the African community, mm-hmm. but the entire time because I was in high school, it was just mm-hmm. like around white people kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot from hanging around white people. Like, my mentors used to tell me, number one, if you want to do business with Asians, I never understood that. But now, <laughs> going to Melbourne City, and you see why. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I like I I I grew up learning a lot of things from different cultures, mm. and I think mm. being in a white school helped me understand how white people were thinking and seeing seeing things. Because yeah. it wasn't the fact because it wasn't the fact that they didn't enjoy being white or didn't they didn't want to be black. It's the fact that they wanted to be included in everything else, like everyone else. Yeah. But I think what they were taught and what they're used to tells them that you have to act a certain way. Yeah. Same with me being black in like a white school. Because mm. when I was black, it's like, man, like 
there's certain things like I'll bring food from home, yeah. And we have like this thing called sads. I think you guys in Ghana call it food food yeah. or yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like for me it was like, bro, I want to open up my food food. And I was scared to do that, you know, because yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be judged, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I had an Italian friend who would do the same thing and he would bring pasta and he would like, Oh my god, pasta, bro. And I was like, yo, why can't I do that too? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Why why can't I be the same person to do that? And I it, I realized it was up to me to break those barriers. So when I was in your talk and I used to come in with my lunch box and I put it in there. <laughs> I'm <laughs> taking up space. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I open it up and I walk it out. You can smell it like, yo, what is that? I'm like, that is African food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and sometimes you have to do that. You have to do that. You have to be the kind of person um, in environments where you enforce like yeah. love. That's love. That's what I call it. Yeah. It's not enforcing your culture. It's love. Because mm-hmm. now people want to go to African restaurants. Yeah. Yes. I mean? Now people want to listen to African music. Like Afrobeats wasn't a thing for mm-hmm. so long. You yeah. know what I mean? It was just like, oh, we kid. It was like, nah, we don't like this. Like, even when I'm a piano came out, I remember I was teaching a section eight. Mm. I'm pretty sure it was you DJing, actually. It was you DJing. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was you DJing. <laughs> and someone came up to me and I was like, oh man, I'm so tired of hearing I'm a piano. It's going to die out. I'm like, mm, you have no you idea. Want to you <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, 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 it's what I learned from like being in high school is yeah. that people ask questions because number one, it's, it's either they, they want to learn something mm. or they want to enforce something. And yeah. actually, you have yeah. to approach it with this is love. You know what yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. And then people want when you when you it's like you, you speak to people like the kids, mm-hmm. like everyone is a child. When you speak to to, to a child with anger, mm-hmm. they're gonna reflect the same shit back yeah. to you. Yeah. But 100%. when you speak to people with love, they're gonna be like, oh shit, I didn't expect that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then survive, survive. That's true. Yeah. Kill people with kindness. Yeah, literally, man. Yeah. Literally. Just be. Killing. Yeah. But sometimes, 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 you know what? It's warranted. Yeah. When yeah. you get disrespected over and over and yeah. over and over again by the same people, person, whatever, it yeah. gets to a point where it's like, I don't want to be nice to you anymore because no. you've given me no reason to be. Yeah. I was too nice to you before. And even yeah. then, I shouldn't have been nice. Yeah. I think that's a refreshing perspective, though. I think also, yeah, like in the, yeah, I guess when you're living and existing as a black person, constantly being I mean yeah you're sometimes you're constantly on edge like mm. what people are going to say what people are thinking and I think sometimes it's easy to forget that yeah sometimes you just need to hit people with love yeah and just huh? be like all right if that's how you feel that's how you feel because mm. I get at the end of the day it's like people will always remember that mm. people will always sit with that of like oh shit like T he was nice to me and I was mm. a, I was a bitch or whatever yeah. and I was rude and yeah. Yeah. why why and it really makes people think and that's the I think that's powerful mm. yeah if, when you leave that in people's head and they're like oh shit I should have done better yeah. I think that's a real powerful yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's refreshing to hear that <laughs> no that's yeah. so true actually that did happen I had I called out this girl at uni in a, in a nice way yeah. we were just in a in a like class and we're talking about Africa um, and then they were talking about, oh, I didn't know that they showed a picture of, um, what was it, Zambia? No. Anyway, it was, I think it was Zambia. Um, and there were cities and there were nice cars and, and there was no <sighs> dirt on the girl. And the home girl just blurted out, wow, I never knew Africa looked like this. The way I got whiplash left and right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did no one just hear that? Why, why is there a... <laughs> you know your heart starts sweating. Yes. palpitations. Start yes. sweating, <laughs> and you have no tissue. You say, oh, "Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready." So then I said it. I was like, "Okay," I put my hands up. Professor didn't say nothing. I was like, "All right, let me be the one to speak." Yeah. And I just like, "Hey, listen, gal." Um, I called her out after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just like told her in a nice way. I was like, "Listen, what you said was disrespectful." your intention and this is like um I, I was taught this i forgot who told me this but intent and impact yeah mm. your intention was not to hurt me yeah. i know that you were what you were saying was like oh like i truly did not know this is how africa looked but the impact it had on me and i'm yeah. sure other fellow black people in the room like it it, it was yeah. impactful yeah and i just want to to let you know that that was you know that's you shouldn't talk like that you know yeah. we don't all live in huts uh, yeah time know? to unpack yeah. and like take apart those you know Literally. schemas you've got of africa in your head that yeah. are not true right and not applicable and then four years later homegirl messages me and she's like hey i just wanted to thank you for calling me out on my white privilege 
first of all, I was like, who are you? <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I forgot all about this. I do this like three times a week. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, I just was randomly thinking about you. I've got it all in text on Facebook. I was like, damn. Mm. I did that with love. <laughs> so I totally, totally agree with you. Mm. It's just yeah. so much harder. Mm. But it's so right because like it's it, anger it stays with you for such a long time mm. and it's so it's hard not to good just, for you it isn't it's so hard to like especially as a as us all of us are black we hold a lot of trauma as well mm. and i well, think it's intergenerational it is yeah and i think the best way to go about situations like that is through love and compassion mm. and well, I it's think, like cycle breaking i think we were mm. talking about it the other day it's mm. like having patience with people yeah because i do think a lot of people who say stuff like that mm. as you said their intention isn't to be racist it's yeah. not to hurt you on purpose yeah. most of the time it's just because people haven't had the opportunity to learn about different cultures outside of the room mm. yeah. because you know in australia it is very white centric yep. we learn stuff that is very white european yep. in school we don't even learn about indigenous cultures that much in yep. australia until very very recently and it's still not like properly ingrained mm. in the school curriculum so yep. like to a degree it's like you haven't even had the chance to begin mm. to become a more conscious person about people of color mm. because it was just never given to you that opportunity was never there for you to learn yeah. and if you further like as people of color when you you know meet it with like anger mm. then they it further perpetuates the ideas that they already have in their head mm. and yeah. it just it keeps it going it's right chaos, yeah. Yeah. if you're just like a bit patient with them and you're like hey as you said like this is actually like not super chill yeah. maybe consider this in like your own like downtime yeah and then like generally like it does get through to people mm. yeah. it's hard too though i think oh, it was yeah. like a good period of time where i was guns blazing i was like <laughs> anyone else like, <laughs> every person the i was like, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like it builds up builds up builds up and you yeah. just want to like yeah, yeah. 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 and then yeah. you have to like yeah you have to channel that from within yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean yeah. during the whole black lives matter um, <laughs> That was full of rage. Like, that was, I think that was probably the most rageful I've ever, I've never felt that much anger. And that, for me, just showed how much healing I think a lot of us white people Mm. have to do, Mm. you know. I know that, you know, a lot of these white folks out there be poking and prodding sometimes, intentionally and unintentionally, Mm. but we have so much healing to do if we want to not you know be so affected by all that mm. you know mm. and i think it's great because now i'm seeing lots of like there are podcasts like this where mm. we can talk about our mm. experiences um there are spaces now where we can go and just like talk with one another and mm. you know i think it's growing and i think this um generation allows for that to happen definitely you know because especially our parents gen it's like there's a lot of like silence mm. yeah no, heaps. Talking. Yeah. no talking. there's a lot of healing oh. there's mm. a lot of healing going on yeah. it's like someone who works in mental health it's yes. like really really refreshing to yeah. like see so many people worldwide like of, across like all races mm. just like understanding how much things in the past have impacted them yeah. as well as things in their own life and being like you know what I'm going to just like take a breath and I'm going to go to therapy or I'm going to like start like reflecting and Mm. just like start healing myself because it starts with you. Mm. That Mm. stuff starts with you because it's all about like your perception of reality, right? Mm. Like you are the only person who experiences that truly to your own, like to your own degree Mm. and how you take things in does mostly depend on like how you can deal with it yourself Mm. because things just happen around you all the time. How you perceive it is entirely up to you. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Wow, nicely said. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I think this is a kind of a great way to end this whole topic on roots because we've gone deep. We've got down <laughs> to the roots. <laughs> so much. I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think it's great that you guys are all here to chat about just your experiences. And I know that whoever's listening or listening on to the